Three, two, one. One more time. All right. All right. Three, two, one. Oh, that's. How I was think that? that was the one right there. Um. So I will say, normally when we clap, I clap, and it's like if we get the really good ones, it's a split second later, and I'll hear like one sound. Mm-hmm. And those okay. are usually the most perfect claps. That was perfectly synced with my clap as well. Whoa. It's maybe the greatest clap that we've ever had. <laughs> Live. That's good. The internet's yeah. so good. It was just mm-hmm. transmuted instantly. Yeah. I mean, I'll just leave it all out later. We'll never know for, <laughs> forever. But, you know, it, it seemed like a pretty solid one. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel pretty good about right. it. I'm proud of that clap. You're proud of that one? Yeah. It's definitely in my top five. But top know. five Ever all-time claps. claps. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's run them down. Number five. Well, he, well, he probably only has five because he forgets to do most of them. Yeah, yeah. I've only done five claps in my life, but yeah. um, yeah. Well, my coming in at number five for me is when I got to clap at for Tiger Woods as he won his first <laughs> Masters. I wasn't there, but I clapped at home, so I was just like, "Oh, oh well, that was nice because you could clap loud and not yeah. just the golf." Clap, well, no, right? I still did the golf clap because I mean, yeah. he knows. Yeah. You gotta be respectful. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was number five. Number four was when I clapped after my second child was born. <laughs> <laughs> number three, uh, Burger King, when they gave me onion rings in the fries. I got home. I was like, yes. Um, number two. Wait, that one's that's better than your, your child being born? Yeah, my second child. Second First, child. Second oh, child. I got yeah. you. We're, we're still waiting. Okay. Yeah, okay. Number two uh, was when I clapped. Oh, uh, when the White Sox won the World Series. Oh, uh, nice. 2005. And the number one was that one that we just had. Dang. All right. Yeah. Hey, he's My a top tough clips on the, on the clapping. Hey, well, the fact that I have a top five claps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Should tell you something. I mean, look, Chris Green is a great guest when he comes on here, but his clapping has got him banned uh, for the time being. Oh. You said Chris Green, and I yeah. thought Tom Green. And I'm like, well, Tom no, Green no, has Tom never been on the show. No, no, Tom Green He's got an open invite at any time to come oh, on. Well, that's too bad. Whether he wants to clap or not. Uh, okay. Well. As does any other actual celebrity or actor that would like to come on to the show, <laughs> feel free. I'm sure they're all listening yeah. to this right now and going, oh. Oh, I really? That. I needed yeah. that. Oh, wow. Open These guys it? just chat for a while. Do they ever actually start the show? The floodgates oh. open. Boom. Brand new banger. Banger. You're jamming with the hottest disc jockey. Disc jockey. Exclusive hot new mix. Let's go. 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 Welcome, Podfix Nation. I'm Christopher DeVos, and this is your mixtape for May of 2021 lots of big changes going on in the world as mass policies are starting to loosen no pun intended there but if you're vaccinated there are certain places and areas and outdoor environments where you don't have to wear a mask anymore of course this means that to some people that didn't think they ever had to wear a mask anywhere are not wearing a mask anymore whether they are vaccinated or not but that is america for you i am vaccinated however and i had the opportunity to go without a mask at our local books a million they even had a sign on the door that said if you're vaccinated you don't need to wear a mask so there you go it's official because there's a sign my wife and my youngest daughter and myself walk into said books a million and immediately the employee behind the counter says hi to us and he wasn't wearing a mask so i took that as a second sign as to to the fact that i didn't have to wear a mask so i took my mask off it's a little hesitant at first but i did it and it felt freeing now this should feel normal but thanks to the virus and the media turning the world upside down not now not wearing a mask does not feel normal it feels totally weird but i was enjoying my newfound lower face freedom 
because not only am I fully vaccinated, but I'm two weeks past that last shot. And that's when it's really supposed to be in full effect. So anyway, as I'm walking around the store, I notice that I'm the only one without a mask on. Everybody else in the store is still wearing a mask. So I start to question my decision about taking off my face mask. And I'm thinking to myself, am I the only one who is vaccinated? Could be. Or maybe these other people are vaccinated and they don't trust the science behind the vaccine. That could be as well. Or maybe I misread the sign on the door because that could be as well. Because sometimes I don't pay attention. But it was like I was walking around the store completely naked and everyone else was wearing like their prom outfits. It was a real strange feeling. But I saunter over to the Funko Pop section because... I am a Funko Pop collector, and it's the only reason I go to the bookstore anymore. And this lady is in the aisle that I want to be in. And the aisles, of course, you know, stores don't make aisles so that more than one person can be in them anymore. And she's bent down, and she's looking at the bottom uh, shelf for whatever pop she wants. And out of the corner of her eye, I'm sure she sees me come up, and uh, she turns her head and looks at me, and then immediately leaves. And she's wearing a mask. And I'm not sure, but I, th- in my mind's eye, she looks completely horrified that the bottom of my face is showing, and I'm no longer just two pairs of eyeballs peeking over a piece of cloth. I feel like I did something wrong. So I immediately pull out my mask, and I put it on anyway. So now I'm back in the store, and I'm back to being masked. And it's just, it's just amazing how the old normal is now weird and funny feeling and a little bit alienating. Hopefully, as herd immunity is achieved and we all look back on this a couple years from now and just be amazed at how the world was shut down by something you need a microscope to see. I don't know. That really doesn't have anything to do with our first podcast, which is... I shake my head with Lisa and Sam, two very funny Canadian ladies who podcast their musing life trials and tribulations all from the inside of their car. In this segment, we start with uh, talking about honey and end up talking about pigeon sex, of course, because that's how that works, at least in Canada. Anyway, here is I shake my head with Lisa and Sam. Nobody cares about the honey. So my boss and I were talking about that today. And I'm telling her, I'm like, you know what? It's it's going down as the dud of 2021. <laughs> Nobody cares about the honey. This is what she says to me. Well, maybe we need to, maybe, maybe it's how, maybe it's how, how we market it. What, what, maybe we need to tell people, what would we use honey with? And she says to me, stone cold face. Well, what do what would you use honey on? I'm like, I don't know. I hate honey. She's like, maybe that's the problem. Do you think, Samantha, that the honey knows that I hate it? <laughs> and that, that I'm giving off a negative karma, a bad vibe? You are giving off a negative vibe around about honey. The, around the honey display? Yes, very much so. I don't know. Because now yeah. I'm like, let's just sell this goddamn shit. And maybe it hears me say that. Probably. Right? Yes. So now I have to try, but now I have to find a way to be positive about the honey. Because you know me, I'm not eating it, right? I'm allergic. Yes, I know. Right? So I'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole. Trendy or not. I don't care about the bee. (laughs) Right? I don't care. Would that bee ever do for me? Uh, Nothing. Right, exactly. All it did was was introduce me to to wasps because then they just want to hurt you. Wasps have nothing to do with bees, but they kind of do, right? Because they're kind of like a, they are they are a mean, ugly cousin of the bee. Okay, right? They are a mean, ugly cousin. I, uh, you know what? It's hard to follow your train of thought because we went from selling honey to now thinking a wasp is the cousin of the bee. Well, wh- the wasp they look like a bee; they're just not fluffy. No, and they like to sting. Yeah, the the only ro- only goal that a wasp has is to maim you. Yes, this is true. That's all it wants to do is to hurt everything the, around it. The bees have a job. The bees have a job. By all means, the bees have a job, right? Uh-huh. 
but the wasps do not. But I think I'm just you need saying. to you need to go into selling us honey with a more positive attitude. Oh, I had a positive attitude till it stopped till it started not selling. And now I'm just like, what the hell's with the honey? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. Samantha. Huh? I know right now friends are like, friends of the podcast are thinking, God, she's just complaining today, but I got one more complaint. Okay. It's not really a complaint. It's an observation. Let's call it that. Lisa's observation. Okay. Sounds more positive, doesn't it? Yeah, yes, it does. Why make, and this, I'm just throwing this out there into the world. Why build the new barbecue, if we're never going to use it. You haven't used it yet? Exactly. Nope. It just sits out there. Wow. Yeah. How long and has it been built? It's been built for a whole week. <laughs> is he waiting? Like, what is he waiting for? For the perfect barbecue weather. It's too cold. <laughs> it's too windy. Right? <laughs> They're just hot dogs that we're wanting to cook on it. <laughs> right? Oh, dear. Oh, Samantha. But guess what? Thank God. One of, if I'm not the one who's excited about the barbecue, you know who is? Our dear friends, the pigeons. Because really? we, have a, we have a lovely new barbecue, barbecue cover. Yes. And the other day, Mike heard, on Saturday, Mike heard the noises, right? You know, you do the noise. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> That noise makes me throw up a little bit. Right? So anyways, Mike heard that noise. So he went out, went out to the patio. And uh -huh. all of a sudden, there is this huge kerfuffle going on because the pigeons, they are canoodling under the barbecue cover. I see a tall man, a broom, and pigeons flock, flapping to save their life. Oh my god. What Are you kidding hell? me? What the fuck? Right? <laughs> so now we have an expensive barbecue cover oh not god. on the barbecue. Not on the barbecue. Cuz guess what? We didn't we did not buy a barbecue to give them a place to have sex, Lisa. No, <laughs> we did not, Mike. Right? That's definitely not the purpose, right? That is definitely not the purpose of your barbecue. It was cover. definitely not the purpose of the barbecue. Oh my god! The cover, the cover is meant to keep the rain off and prevent it from the elements. It's yes. not to give them a place to hide so they can do it. <laughs> and people wonder right now why I eat O Henry's for my lunch. <laughs> That's how I tie it all back to the full circle moment, just oh like my that. God. Oh yeah. my god. Just like that. Oh my god, that is so funny. I could just see him wielding that broom. <laughs> oh, and he was, eh? He was, right? He oh was. Oh my god, just hacking away at those poor pigeons. I know. He says he's bound and determined. He's gonna put a little bit of oven cleaner on a piece of bread. Oh, he don't said do it that. won't kill them. It's just gonna upset their stomach. And I'm like, so help me God, I don't. Number one, I don't want to know about it. Number two, if I see a <laughs> sick pigeon on my patio, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> and then you're gonna see oh me with god. the broom, Mike Gibson. Oh my god! Right? Oh my god! Because he feels he feels he's given them enough warning. Yes. And he has, but oh I don't God. know if, I don't know if upsetting their tummies is the way to go. I don't think so. Right? But you know, the problem is, is that I'm picturing all of this in my mind and I'm just thinking, oh my God, that is so funny. And then I have to ask, why do you guys still live there? <laughs> I don't know. Because I think deep down we're trailer park trash. <laughs> right? <laughs> As my mother, oh my God, as my mother, if she was alive today, would be like, you are not supposed to still be living there 21 years later because we're lazy. Yes, you're lazy. Why? We're all a little bit lazy. Moving well, sucks. Who wants to move? Right? Once once we're a certain age, it's like, oh God, because now I'm like, I want to move, but it's like, oh God, do I want to move in the summer? No, no, I'd rather just deal with the summer. Oh, my God. And then Seriously? the fall comes, right? Well, right? Hi. Do you want to pack up all your shit? No. <laughs> Do you want to start looking at a place? No. We looked at one place he didn't fit. I'm like, I'm done. I'm over this. <laughs> right? Right? I'm like, I'm over. My next, our next move needs to be separate. 
No, don't say that. I'm just joking. We'll never be separate, but no, you will not. But at least okay. not physically. In our hearts, maybe, but not physically. <laughs> Me personally, I'm a big fan of honey. I'm not a big fan of pigeon sex because, well, frankly, it produces more pigeons. Let's be honest. And if you haven't had a peanut butter and honey sandwich, you are definitely not living. It will change your life. Even Uncrustables make a peanut butter and honey version. Now, speaking speaking of Uncrustables, there's a product that really didn't need to be invented yet. Here we are. And, we, and they have to sell because there is like every possible Uncrustable version of a sandwich out there. They even have grilled cheese. Here's what is amazing. Someone somewhere pitched the idea that people are too lazy and or completely fed up with cutting the crust off their sandwich. So we should do that for them and then freeze it. And guess what? Consumer said, "Uh, yes, please. Let me put this out here for the, the general public. I think it's more annoying to thaw out the Uncrustable sandwich than to actually just make the sandwich myself and cut off the crust myself. If I cut off the crust, which I don't, you can disagree with me, but I'm just going to assume that you are the one in the wrong. So this brings up uh, the Perfect Package podcast, who's next on the mixtape. And maybe they can try to figure out the perfect sandwich with or without crust, because that's what this podcast does. takes a broad topic and narrows down the perfect combination of items uh, within that topic. This clip has special guest Ariel Cooksey from the podcast Malice as they talk about generational gaps. And this clip be bussin'. I thought you were going to introduce me. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? No, hi, I'm Ariel. I'm back again. Uh, yeah. Is there something I'm supposed to be saying here? I don't know. Or, uh, sick, it's your show. I'm always, whenever I hear I'm back again, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter when it is or where it is. The only thing that pops into my head is good old-fashioned soldier boy. <laughs> I'm back again. I know a lot of y'all <laughs> thought I wasn't coming back. Yeah, get money. Is that the know. generation gap? Because when I hear it, I, the first thing I think is, guess who's back? Back again. It's not so <laughs> So I think, yeah, I think that would be the generation gap. Is so is that how we is that how we get to define the generations? You know, the whole Gen X to Gen Z thing is if you hear that and you think Eminem, Gen X. If you hear that and you can split between you probably think of one of the two, either Soldier Boy or Eminem then you're uh, millennial. And then if you only think a soldier boy or you think of nothing, then you're one of these newfangled whoever the fucks they are. <laughs> newfangled who the, whoever the fuck they are. I like that. Um, now, is it kind of along the lines of the... I've done this for Ariel before, and it's, it's interesting with guys because it always plays different. But... Um, Dave, what TV show was Uncle Jesse on? Uh, Uncle Jesse was on Full House. Okay. See, now there's a generation gap right there. Because there is a certain age that when you ask them, they immediately say Full House, as you did, or Dukes of Hazard. Ah. I would never have thought of Dukes of Hazard. It was Full House immediately for me, too. Yeah. See, for me, it's immediately Dukes of Hazard because I am, as they say on the streets, old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't actually watch it because I don't tend to watch abominations against all that is good and right in the world. <laughs> Was Uncle Jesse on Fuller House? I don't think so. No, he's busy playing drums for the Beach Boys. Is that what Stamos is doing these days? Yes. Well, that's pretty dope. He's been he's been drumming with them for years. And then Aunt Becky, of course, with the prison thing. Yeah. And well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. The only thing I was interested in from Fuller House is seeing uh, Kimmy Gibbler 
<laughs> oh, hard same. Hard same. I was like, ooh, I haven't seen her in a minute. It's <laughs> like, I remember back, back, uh, or as uh, I and my cousin like to say, black in the day. Uh, <laughs> used to have the biggest crush on Kimmy Gibbler. Like, this is, okay, mind you, this is... I, okay, I didn't have a crush on Winnie, but like when people say they have a crush on Winnie, I wasn't one of those people, but bigger than anybody's crush on Winnie. I had a crush on Winnie. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> bigger than anybody's crush on Topanga, like bigger than Corey's crush on Topanga level crush on Kimmy Gibbler. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what it was mm. all about, but she was weird. She was very weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a little concerned. I don't know. I don't know. It was just like, that's, that's more my speed when, you know, you know how after we got done with all of the late eighties, early nineties, well, all the late eighties movies where, uh, there was the hot girl and she was either popular or like at least known, but she wasn't a nerd. She was just not, she was just there. Right, and she would be the focus. Like completely normal girl would be focus of movie. Um, oh, like Molly Ringwald, very much so. Molly Ringwald. Okay, right. And then in the early '90s, we switched over to still attractive uh, girl, but instead of her being average, we're going to pretend like she's some sort of fucking outcast nerd for seventy-five like, percent of the movie. What the fuck is her name? Uh, Rachel Lee Cook. Yes, very much Come so. Rachel now. Lee Cook. Right. <laughs> So during that time period is when I came up, when they were trying to pretend hot girls were weird. And I was like, no, 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 no. I like the actually weird girl you have as the as like the best friend character over here. You're Kimmy Gibblers. You're just like quirky. It was pre-Manic Pixie Dream Girl, pre-Zoe Deschanel. You know what I mean? Where it was actually weird and not like, I'm weird. Look at me, how weird I am. It was more like, get the fuck out of my face. I don't have time for you. <laughs> I just I can't help but think like the manic pixie uh, dream girl trope only works because the girl is beautiful. Because if it was just your run of the mill, whoever, you'd be like, that's a fucking freak show. Like, I don't understand what they're doing. I want no part of it. No, no part of it. Uh, mm, uh, think about it. Think about mind. Natalie Portman in Garden State. Come on now. Okay. All right. I'll, I will. I will concede the point. That Manic Pixie Dream Girl mostly works when they have their they would be conventionally attractive if they were, you know, going with the conventional popular mm. thing. Okay. If if I, I've already conceded the point, but I want to also point out that uh at the same time, we also need to recognize that the same applies to dudes. Yes, thank you. But just in a weirdly, in a in a way more aggressive way. I prefer the difference between Manic Pixie Dream Girl being accepted versus creepy behavior in dudes. And if they're hot, they just get away with doing weird shit. Yeah. The weird shit that like dudes it. do is so much worse. <laughs> it's Look, so much worse. Lloyd Dobler. Oh, God. No, sir. I mean, exactly. That's okay. Okay. As long as we're on the same page there, hot dudes get away with weird shit and yeah, not cool do. weird shit, just weird shit. It creeps me out. I look at what is that fucking movie with uh, Jennifer Aniston and um, what's his name? Ba Bateman? No, yeah, Jason Bateman. Yep, that's the one. Um, where they were in that thing, and he like switches the sperm sample and gets her pregnant. Like, oh my god, that's a fucking nightmare. Like, yeah, and not like yeah. a ha ha funny no. make this for a comedy movie nightmare. That's like a horror story. Yeah, that's that is. Did you ever watch, uh, shit, don't whisper, don't, don't speak, don't shit. But it, it's like a, a horror comedy that takes place in modern day bombed out Detroit. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's like some, some kids, not kids, late teens, early twenties, like break into this old man's house. And, uh, cause he's, cause he's blind. And they think they can rob him. Like the one dude's the clearly shitty. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about now. I can't remember what it's called. All I know is if you haven't seen this movie, I don't want to spoil it for you. I'm just going to say 
you should watch it and understand understand that you're 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 bringing up this bait and switch with the uh, sperm sample. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. I'm gonna re- I'm going to request that you watch it. Okay. And get back to me because I was very much reminded of that movie when you were talking about the bait and switch sperm sample. It's not the exact same situation, but literally, literally, I was watching that with my friend uh, uh, Jen from uh, who has joined us on the podcast before, and her husband Joey. And we all were just like, no. And then we had to rewind it and watch it like four times because we were just like, this is awful, but I can't, keep, I can't stop watching. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, I will watch it very quickly. It's a great movie. It's a Excellent. great movie. Mind you, I love terrible movies. I <laughs> really love bad movies. So All I ask is to be entertained. I'm like the, the perfect movie producer target audience. There you go. I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Entertain me. I don't give a shit if it's awful. Like, just <laughs> Very much so. All right. So in that clip, did you hear when Ariel said Lloyd Doppler was a creepy? The very same Lloyd Doppler who was played by John Cusack, the greatest actor of my generation from like hundreds of classic movies, including... The ultimate rom-com, which all genders can enjoy equally, the movie Say Anything. Not only does this movie have an incredible soundtrack, but also has a million incredible movie quotes. Like, I gave her my heart, and she gave me a pen. If you guys know so much about women, how come you're here at like a gas and sip on a Saturday night, completely alone, drinking beers with no women anywhere? By choice, man. By choice. And there's so much more to unpack, but I'm not going to fill up our short time with movie quotes. I'm just going to assume that maybe Ariel was having a bad day or maybe even on a bad date when she watched this movie for the first time. And maybe, Ariel, if you're in a better place today, you should try to watch it again. This is a movie that everyone should watch at least eight times now granted do i have a man crush on john cusack yes yes i do you know who else likes really good movies like say anything the pop-up film cast this podcast takes you on an imaginary film festival that they make up and in this clip derek of the pop-up film cast walks us through the plot of the um, of a movie called imaginary cravings a movie you could only get your hands on if you bought two pairs of socks from Foot Locker in 2018 around Halloween time, here is the pop up film cast. Oh, is that okay? Never mind. That's, that's the one meatloaf? meatloaf thing. He, if that's it the is. meatloaf thing he did, never mind. I want to anything for love. <laughs> Classic. I won't do that. Whack. Uh, let's see. Yep. I think his music videos are my favorite thing he's ever done. Thanks for asking, Keith. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, let's uh, head right on into our third and final movie. Derek, what did you cover this Well, week? speaking of music videos, Keith, you sent me the 2018 classic Imaginary Craving. Now, see, this is a very special DVD that you sent me because <clears throat> Measuring Craving, pardon me, hold on one second, <clears throat> was an Imagine Dragons promo video they made for their Halloween-themed album that you received <laughs> for free from Foot Locker when you purchased two packages of socks. <laughs> so this DVD very special. came in like a... <laughs> like a paper sleeve, you know, and it said Imagine Dragons on it, and he got it, and it's the, it, it's their attempt to make a Beatles esque, um, what was that? Help, right? They did Beatles did Help, and uh, they made a video, a movie about it, right? This is their attempt to do that, but it, it's promoting their Halloween themed album, which was a bunch of Halloween uh, spooky song covers. And they made this long, it, well, it was felt incredibly long, 40 minutes of Imagine Dragons running around being chased by zombies. It starts 
<laughs> at the end of an Imagine Dragons show where they're what's the song Believer you make me a, you make me a money and the crowd's going nuts and this is their they're, they're walking off stage the crowd's going insane the the stage managers like you, you guys killed it you guys you Imagine Dragons you know like all excited for them and they're like, hey, thanks, Ralphie. You know, and they're they're drinking their sparkling water and they're toweling themselves off. And then there's some screaming. And I don't I do not know what the name of any of the Imagine Dragons are, so I'm just gonna be making stuff up. So Binky the drummer says, What? <laughs> and he looks out through the curtain, and the crowd is a, is zombified. The crowd, something happened from <laughs> Ending the song Believer, walking off stage, cracking open a sparkling water. Something around there happened. The whole crowd turned to zombies, and they're charging. So, like, come on, boys, we got to run. And as I start running, their cover of This is Halloween from the Night Before Christmas starts playing. <laughs> and they're running down the street, and they got all these zombies chasing them. And then it, for the next 40 minutes, it's a... A weird Scooby-Doo sort of chase sequence to these one, two, three, four, five, six songs that they covered all up until the end. So this is where it gets really good, right? So they're being chased by the zombie crowd. Tens of thousands of zombified Imagine Dragons fans chasing the Imagine Dragons. They run down the street, and it was all done practically. No green screens. So they hired tens of thousands of people to follow them and chase them around. And they had these cool cam- uh, camera shots from helicopters where you just see, like, the the streets are filled with people. And then you see these, how many are in Imagine Dragons? Five? I don't know. These five people in front. <laughs> I, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're running. So the, the, the best part about this is the song listing, right? They do This Is Halloween from Night Before Christmas. And then they follow that up with Somebody's Watching Me cover by Rockwell from the 80s. Mm. Remember that one, Keith? I like that Somebody's song, yeah. Somebody's watching me. But imagine it being Imagine Dragons, right? And then so after that, we get Disturbia from Rihanna. And then after that, the classic Ghostbusters theme song by Ray Parker Jr., <laughs> right? As covered by the Imagine Dragons, <laughs> listening to it while you're watching them run away from tens of thousands of zombified Imagine Dragons fans. And fun fact, they did the makeup for all like 40,000 people. All 40,000 wow. people done up like zombies, running down the streets, no CGI, all practical chasing the imagined dragons and then after that we get the monster mash by bobby pickett right the classic <laughs> you know but but imagines dragons right, <laughs> right that's a verb <laughs> and then it ends right so all this chasing they're like going upstairs downstairs in the doors out of doors you know it's very scooby-doo like they're going on the left side come out the right side and then there's 40,000 fans following them through the doors it, it's it's very laborious the editing great job right but then they get cornered and they're trapped in an alley somebody didn't tell them they're not fam- they're not familiar with Vancouver and that's where they shot this right even mm-hmm. though they might be from Vancouver for all I know they're not familiar with this part of Vancouver, and they're trapped in an alley, and then all 40,000 fans are charging them, and that's when their cover of Michael Jackson's Thriller starts. <laughs> and then they all do the Thriller dance. Imagine Dragons <laughs> and all 40,000 fans dressed up like zombies do the whole Thriller video. You know, just this Thriller, you know, the arms going back and forth. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> and then it ends with all, them getting swarmed by all 40,000 people. And that that was Imaginary Craving, the Imagine Dragons promo video made for their <laughs> Halloween-themed album full of covers that you would receive for free from Foot Locker when you purchase <laughs> two packages of socks. Hmm. <laughs> One thing that all human beings across the planet, no matter what race, creed, color, religious affiliation, has that 
everyone has a band that they love and they do not like to admit to other people that they really like this band. And for me, it is Imagine Dragons. This is really super hard for me to admit because uh, I grew up in the 80s during the big alternative music explosion. And if my high school friends ever found out that I now listen to Imagine Dragons, they would, you know, unfriend me immediately. But, you know, I don't really talk to a lot of them anyway anymore. But bands like The Misfits and Jesus and Mary Chain, The Replacements, Dinosaur Jr., Husker Du, those were like the staples of my youth's listening ear. And that's what lived in my Walkman. However, today, I will rock out to an Imagine Dragons song while driving down the road. Speaking of imagination, not necessarily about dragons, Two Girls on a Bench are up next. They're the hosts of this podcast where uh, these hosts are actually also writers, and one of the segments they do is a writing prompt. Now, I like when they submit the writing prompts to the mixtape because then I get to do them with you. And you can do them at home, too, by the way. Or in your car, just be careful. Uh, this writing prompt is is about designing a t-shirt slogan. So uh, here's what I came with up with. Uh, for my first shirt, on the front it says, just simply says hi. And then in smaller print under the hi, it says see back. And then on the back side of the shirt, it says, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. My next shirt that I will design uh, says top five Roman numerals. Number one, I. Number two, I-I. Number three, I-I-I. Number four, I-V. Number five, V. And then my last shirt uh, simply says, President of the Joseph Marcel Fan Club. And we all know who Joseph Marcel is. He played Jeffrey the Butler on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So if you want to find out what the two girls came up with, listen to this clip next. Oh, <laughs> nursery so, club. Segue into the writing prompt, which is what we're really doing right now. This is a writing prompt from 642 Tiny Things to Write About. We've been going back to our roots, which are gray. Oh, no, wait. We're going back to our roots, <laughs> which is this book. And so one of the prompts. Bitch, mine are white. <laughs> I know. Me too. Um you are designing a t-shirt. What does it say? So we have actually been starting to keep a list and also whatever. So <laughs> of Trisha, t-shirts. Yeah. So Trisha had some and then we added more. Yes. And then there's a side list of like no ideas that suck. <laughs> Go. Okay. So one of them is maybe not always, mostly. <laughs> that's that's the whole t-shirt. I like I want that shirt. Okay, right? keep going. I mean, I would wear it like every day. I'm just kidding. These are more about Only like a week. our writing ideas, which is just write one sentence or just write for three minutes. Who wouldn't love a just write one sentence t-shirt? Right? People that don't care about writing maybe, but like the rest of us would want it. Okay, That's right. Don't give up before you start. Oh, It's not, <laughs> it's not horrible. But it's not great. <laughs> That's that could, like how we talk There to are each so other. many things you could describe in life that way. We often do that as a disclaimer when we're going to read something we right. wrote. We're like, it's not terrible, but like it's not like that great. And it's like we're not even supposed to do that. We've told everyone not no to do disclaimers. disclaimer. I know, but, yeah, but we do it every show. Okay, there it is. Shauna wants one called the farm team for obvious reasons from her definition reading earlier a minute it ago. It makes so much sense. Okay, you have to mention the one from our friend Drew Hallam. So we've been having a really fun group text about like adventures and being on the keto diet. And it's with me, Trisha, her sister, and Drew. We roped Drew into it. Sometimes I'm Drew like, from the Real Feels podcast. I'm like Drew. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hope like you're not like when I'm like Amy. What kind of cheese do you use? And it's like, yeah. 
It's just Does like he a sidebar know? conversation. Probably I mean, not. I maybe. Don't know. But but possibly he's, he's wonderful. So he sent this like picture and was like, "This is like you know dinner," and it was like more like a snack. It was like summer sausage and cheese. Yeah, and we're like, "That looks good." And then Trisha was like, "You should dip it." Oh, in. he said, "Oh, it's turkey summer sausage. It's kind of dry." And I was like, "Because <laughs> in keto, you can have like all the fat you want." I'm like, "You should dip it in like." ranch or mayonnaise or cream cheese <laughs> and i said what if you dip it in cream cheese and then you have <laughs> cheese, cheese on, on the side <laughs> and it's like a little bit out of control and that's keto but what drew said is that it was he liked it as a dinner because it felt like a lengthy snack a lengthy snack lengthy snack is and our I favorite responded shirt. immediately. Lengthy stack is our new T-shirt. <laughs> that is like wow. And then he said copyright, so he'll probably sue us for talking. Yeah, about sorry. It. Or you know, congratulations. I don't know. <laughs> What's he Length- gonna get? Lengthy snack. Hashtag can, snapbook. He like. can sue us for our everything but the bagel Greek style yogurt dip. <laughs> okay, you can have it. I'll send it to you. It'll be rotten by the time it gets to you. Just kidding. Another another T-shirt Love we think you. we should have is uh, based off of past episode called Medical Tongs. <laughs> <laughs> and you have is to there go a back photo and with listen. this shirt too, or is it just Possibly, say medical? Just say, I don't know if it's those like tongs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying it I just right now. in my mind it just says medical talk with no <laughs> picture, it. which is no even weirder. Nothing, <laughs> just medical talk. Just in like courier, <laughs> just like lowercase. Like, and ooh, I gotta if get. If you visual. go back and listen, it it's just this whole rant I go on about how I've watched so much Walking Dead and other shows where like they get shot and then they like. Provide their own tourniquet with their leather belt. Oh no! Yeah, they tie a tourniquet like with their and teeth in a belt, and then they somehow always have these. It was like they're like these long tweezers that like bend at the end. Said. I don't even know why it's funny. I'm laughing, but I'm not even really feeling you were it. Like they're like a medical tongue, and it was just like so impromptu and random. But like no one calls it. And then you did this whole rant where you're like, scalpel. <laughs> well, I've watched many Dude, episodes uh, of and then you're like, House, Medical the Good tongs. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, I think that's my favorite t-shirt right now. Okay. And then on that same note, <laughs> we had to talk about how vodka is. Oh, yeah. Not only for the pain, but also a natural disinfectant. So the next t-shirt is vodka is a natural disinfectant. (laughs) And then we're like, and we debated like, well, it's not really natural because it's not like naturally occurring in nature. You have to like distill vodka. But then we didn't want to go that far into it. So just it's it's a natural. All for the joke. If it's available, use it. Okay, so apparently, like, also stinky underarms on your shirt. This one was yours too. You can put vodka. On it. Have you yeah, seen that no. before? It actually works. Right? Oh no! When I toured with shows, they had a huge bottle of vodka in spray bottles. They would put it and yeah. we'd spray uh, it on like, the armpits. Where did I get that from? From you? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Where am I? Oh, <laughs> the one about the nineties. This this shirt says, "I'm glad we didn't die in the nineties," <laughs> because we say that. We, all first the of all, time. we listen to like 8 million crime podcasts, and I also watch a lot of crime shows. And whenever I'm watching them with my son in particular, he's like, why were people so dumb? I'm like, we weren't dumb. We just didn't know. Yeah. Like, news wasn't widely spread like it is now. We didn't have, you know, all like the communication immediacy that we have now. And I'm like, so you didn't know about stuff. And you so, couldn't yeah. call 911 by holding down a button in your pocket. No, like, you couldn't also like people would send their 10 year old to the corner store to buy them cigarettes. Yeah. And it was fine. <laughs> nobody cared. Nobody cared. <laughs> they got kidnapped that might and be nobody a too. knew why. Okay. Oh, wait. <laughs> Do you want me to read the rest of them or just that one? I don't know. You can read another one. I'm going to read another one. <laughs> the next one is, who's the bitch in this scenario? <laughs> Which could be any, any number of people. but also Any us. number of people, but also you. You do more. Um, oh. <laughs> okay, here's another t-shirt. Two girls on a bench. 
it's not a sex thing. <laughs> yeah, because there can be when you just just type in two girls and see the many <laughs> things that come up. Is not that was a good decision. It's not PG on our rated. Part. Yeah, like we what? thought it was so cute. We're like, oh, we're just like two girls on a bench, and they're like, you drew a cute picture, and it's like adorable, and then it's like lurid immediately. <laughs> and I'm like, God, this world. Okay, you said the next two. Oh, I did. Yeah. Hmm. This book is haunted. <laughs> As I was looking through the myriad. Old Christmas cards and things on the table next to me. I found a book, and it's it's I don't know why it's called Flower Children by Elizabeth. It was my mom. It's an old book. Yeah, but something about this book felt very haunted to me because it's an old book and it's this Flower Children, and it just feels like when I open it, I unleash the illustrations. I oh no, I unleash oh no. Death will come. Oh, it's sweet. It's actually like it's a little kid's book. Yeah. Yeah, but it's haunted. Like 100%. <laughs> like, why did I even open it? Now, like, little creatures are going to attach to me. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the next one's... I don't even remember saying this. Oh, because you were like, I have something in my eye. And I was like, wash your eyes out with vodka. <laughs> because, And then hearkening back to vodka being the natural yes. disinfectant yes. that it is. All right, so we had some ideas that, that I wrote that suck, um, but they're all about interns. But if you are our intern, <laughs> I'm talking to you, Mel, you don't suck at all. So, all no, right. but the ideas, the, the ideas that I'm going to say right now possibly do suck. All of Trisha's t shirt ideas originally were like, <laughs> what about an intern? I'm like, that's not a t shirt. So, like, why is that? Okay, so the first one is there's an intern for that. <laughs> I mean, just pause so that everybody can laugh. I want like like an applause app. Or like, I know. Oh, once again, I need the sound effects. Okay, keep getting. Going. I'm getting you that for Christmas. like. There's like, and it's kind of like there's an <laughs> app for that. Or exactly, get it? Yeah. Okay, keep going. The other one was we need an intern to make us some t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> How good of a t-shirt would that be? Would you get that t-shirt? I would get that t-shirt as a gift for my intern. Oh, I thought you were going to get it for yourself. <laughs> Girl, it was my idea. It was brilliant. Or, I'm going to get it for or me. Or I would get it and be like... No, you're going to get it for me no, no, no. for like Christmas. I'm going to make one t-shirt <laughs> and said, if I had an intern, you all would have this t-shirt. Uh, uh, that's uh, actually kind of good. And maybe. then my, my last intern know. t-shirt idea was, interns don't get paid, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we just talked about when we were interns in the 90s. We didn't get paid. We didn't get paid. I was like, I did an internship. She was like, I did an internship for like a year and I didn't get paid. We're like, yeah. You know, things are different now. But um, yeah. Thanks, Mel. Sorry we're not paying you. We are paying you with the kindness of our dear hearts. <laughs> Adoration. Accolades. That spans the miles across <laughs> this great nation of us. <laughs> And I'm like doing it, channeling FDR. Like, I, know, I don't know what I'm, I'm doing sure right now. I don't know. Right it got really weird. Okay, goodbye. I don't know what else. <laughs> you made it weird. That also could be a t shirt. Oh, you mm. made it weird. Oh, you made it weird is great. Is that already a t shirt? I don't know, but it's so good. Copyright TM. TM. Lil C. Lil C in the corner. Yeah, you made it weird. That's. Oh, I, I would, wrote it down. I would a hundred percent. It's on the list. Rock that one. I'm gonna have to like actually make these t-shirts. A little piece of advice: do not uh, accidentally Google two girls, one bench" either, especially if you're a little bit squeamish. Finally, on this month's mixtape, we have "Down to Folk," an immersive storytelling podcast with a very mysterious understory to it. This podcast was created by Chad of Perfect Package Podcast and Ariel uh, I Hate Lloyd Dobler Cooksey of the Malice Podcast. By the way, the folklore told on this show, you're not going to be able to find it in your local library. So in this clip, Chad has to come up with an urban legend using these elements. Number one, there has to be an escape mental patient. Number two. 
a curse that happens every 40 years. Number three, it lives in the asylum. Number four, there needs to be a thinly veiled rapey vibe. Number five, an iconic weapon or method of murder. And number six, a ghost. Let's see how he did, and if you love it, make sure you hit the back catalog now, because I think there's maybe 10 to 12 episodes now, and you can get caught up all the way to the recent episode before the library gets huge. Here is Down to Folk. Patient 8240, or Andrew, as he was known before his time. At Atascadero. During his time, he came in contact with, even became friendly with, the likes of Andrew Alloway, Arthur Allen, Edmund Kemper, Roy Norris, Scott Thorpe, William Bonin. Most of you normies have no clue what I'm talking about, but you true crime people are loving this. Atascadero, for those that aren't in the know, is a state mental hospital. And not like, oh, I'm sad, I need help. It's like a jail for crazy people. Like, if San Luis Obispo, California, was Gotham, Atascadero would be Arkham Asylum. You get the idea. Andrew was committed due to a string of violent crimes that he committed mostly sexual in nature. Andrew loved the ladies, but not a big fan of consent. Anyway, Andrew hadn't seen a woman since he was committed. And that's why this story is so odd. One night, shortly after lights out, the door of his room, cell, tomato, tomato, whatever, opened And in walked an angel, a woman of absolute perfection, pouty lips, supple breasts, legs for days. He instantly fell in love, but he did that a lot. Love at first sight was a state of mind for Andrew, like literally every woman he saw he fell head over heels for. Maybe that's why she chose him out of the nearly 1,200 other inmates or patients. Andrew, I haven't much time, so please hear me out. She sat next to him on the bed. His head spun, his heart raced. My name is Agatha. I, like you, am trapped here. But if we work together, we can both be free. He found himself breathing in her sweet aroma. Her hair was soft. Her skin was also soft. He lightly traced his fingers up and down her arms, and she didn't seem to mind. I will do anything for you, my dear. And he leaned in to kiss her cheek. Not now. You must listen. I used to work here. I was a psychiatrist. One of our residents, Herb, cornered me in the parking lot and beat me with a tire iron, left me for dead. It was my 40th birthday. In the hospital, my family gathered around me and and prayed. They prayed that I would never leave them. And evidently God is a stickler for details because their prayers were answered. Yes, you are truly a miracle. No, dumbass, look, listen, I died. But thanks to my asshole family, I'm stuck here. So that's why I'm here with you tonight. Every 40 years. I am given the opportunity 
to break this curse. But I need someone else to help. I can't leave this building. I can't leave these grounds. But you can. Take this. She reveals to him a golden jewel-encrusted tire iron. Where she produced it from is a mystery. Old Perviandi had an idea, and yet moved just a little when he thinks about anything going in or coming out of her. Sorry, kids. I will clear the way. There is a white van waiting for you outside. Nice. He was a big fan of the old white rapey vans. You must go to Iowa. My only remaining family member lives there. And you must take his life with this. And the curse will be broken. And we both will be free. And we'll live happily ever after. I mean, sure, if you need that motivation, I figured getting out of here would be enough, but sure. But go now. Go. And then she vanished. His door still wide open. He picked up the ornate tire iron and walked out. No guards. As she promised, the path was clear. In the parking lot was an old 1978 child molester van. Had a full tank of gas and a few hundred dollars in cash on the passenger seat. And a newspaper with a story circled in red. It was the story of a man that was in a car accident. Facial trauma, jaw wired shut, whatever. This part's pointless, but it gave him a name and his target. So he started driving. He arrived in Cedar Falls, Iowa. He parked his van at the local Burger King and only had to ask a few people and found his target. His mission was about over. It seems that Dana, Agatha's baby brother, worked at a warehouse near the Burger King. So he ventured inside. He's not sure what the building was. Some sort of radio station, maybe. But at some point, reality set in for Andrew. Or maybe his meds wore off. But Agatha's words finally became crystal clear. He stopped and leaned up against the wall. Okay, wait. Uh, I just drove 28 hours to murder someone because a ghost told me to. Wow. Maybe I am crazy. I mean, she can't leave the building. She can't come after me. Fuck this. I'm going back to San Diego so I can creep on college girls again. And that was it. To this day, Agatha is still trapped in the walls of the Atascadero State Hospital. Andrew started a new life in San Diego. Where's the tire iron? I don't know. He probably dumped it somewhere. That's not the point. The point is that every 40 years, one lone patient escapes from Metascadero, and they all tell the same story. That they were visited by a woman whose soul was trapped by her shitty, selfish-ass family that prayed to a god that is all about the details. Thank you for joining us for this month's mixtape. If you liked these shows, check out more episodes by heading to podfixnetwork.com. There are also many other shows on that website that you might might want to take a, a peek at since you're there. Podfix is also on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for it by name. And we just recently launched our Facebook group. Check that out. It's not just a promotional page full of us promoting. We also have uh, lots of fun and games in there, too. Coming soon is our Patreon. If you enjoy all this free content, uh, why not throw a couple bucks to the shows? 
that way they can appreciate all the uh, uh, blood, sweat, and tears that they produce every week, every month for you. Uh, there's some cool swag you'll receive in exchange for your money, and uh, then you'll be a cool kid. And uh, uh, I think in the Patreon there is uh, a Lloyd Dobler shirt. Not sure, but you know, you might want to grab that. Until next month, I'm Christopher DeVos, and this has been your Podfix Mixtape. Stay fresh, cheese bags. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.